Welcome to the Data Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Christian. If you are passionate about data like us, take a seat, relax, and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data. And remember, there are no filters, no PR. It's just a real life experience. So let's begin. So how was your trip to Portugal? I ate so many pastries. <laughs> <laughs> we like every morning we were in a different place to, to have breakfast. And I was like trying two or three pastries every morning. <laughs> and I had a pastel every, every single day as well. Nice. <laughs> and also broke a small recorder in terms of time for my half marathon there. And it was warm. So that was appreciable overall, I have to say. That's good. The good thing about these marathons and or that I like about running is that you are your own competition, right? Yeah. Trying to broke the, the our own PB, uh, most likely, or or try to to run in front of your friends, making sure they're always behind. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just yeah, waiting yeah, for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so today we're exploring what could be seen as a new category, a trend in the data space, which is data observability. So we decided to deep dive together on, on this topic and give for the audience a bit more like context and explanation what's what's involved around data observability, what is becoming seen as a potential uh, big mover for 2023 at least, uh, what can be the gain for data engineers, for clients. So that could be quite exciting year for this one. Exactly. And first of all, we are two non-English speakers. So I, this reminds me of this episode with Peter Johnson when we talk about data democratization. And in this episode, we're going to be saying data observability yeah. quite a few times. So <laughs> Can we say data ops? Data ops? No, no, no. <laughs> Like DevOps? DevOps, yes, <laughs> I don't exactly. think it fits. But, <laughs> but um, the other thing I would say for today is that we would really like to demystify it. Because on a personal note, I, every time I heard data observability, in my mind was like, uh, it's like data management on asteroids. Yeah, it's data quality. You know, so after actually getting into the topic, we discovered like, this is quite exciting. So yeah, let's get into it. Correct. Yeah. And to be transparent, I spoke with some senior colleagues, solution engineer colleagues, and didn't really know about uh, this uh, data observability category space. And as you said, like, it can be bucketed together with some data quality overall or management, but there is very specific features uh, that makes this uh, category very different from those uh, those two. For yes. example, where that come from, I guess, is the best way to to start to speak about it, right? Yeah, let's go for it. From what I can read and from what I can hear around is really coming from software engineering space, where across the last let's say ten years, software engineering has really standardized some principle like CI/CD, which stands for continuous integration and continuous development. And the idea of CI/CD is pretty much making sure you can streamline the software development lifecycle. You can continually develop new codes, improve the code base, and continue release that without missing, obviously, testing and making sure it's uh, reliable and working. So you have this part and the wider part of DevOps, obviously. I guess you have a bit more experience when you come to, to DevOps. Yes, I mean, the point about yes having that continuous integration or continuous development as it stands is, is all about automation as well. That you need to be testing all of these different outputs. You have that as part of your integration of your code and 
one of the reasons why they started uh, or this monitoring is because not every team that was working on a specific application were working alongside each other, right? You have UX teams, you have designers, mm-hmm. you have the backend team. Then that's when you needed to have all this orchestration and automation, right? Data is going into that space as well. The data engineers, you have people that are transforming, not the people are loading the data or the people are in charge of creating the, the insights or the analytics and, and having this uh, visibility and observability across the entire pipeline is, is when it comes crucial to have that reliability on the data. And you're right. And since every company was a software company where they develop internal software tools for various business uh, needs, obviously now we have companies who are focusing on becoming data companies. Uh, so that's where we see also the shift of saying like, let's apply those performance monitoring principles that you have with software engineering and making sure that those uh, individuals embrace those techniques. So you have kind of like skill set transfer uh, in in that aspect. From what we can read, like it's obviously quite uh, advanced because when we speak about where data observability applies, it's at the moment quite niche for data engineers who are responsible for the pipeline of data. And they're responsible from ingesting the data, collecting the data, processing it and outputting to business users. But up to now, most of the time, they didn't have specific let's say, agreement with the business user in terms of reliability. And that's where it all comes down, why we have data observability here. What is data observability then? Um, in my point of view, the goal will be to monitor the health and the state of data in your system and be able to take action when there is an issue, when you do troubleshooting and take action to resolve that. So you want to identify quickly troubleshoot quickly and resolve quickly and potentially put in place some prevention steps. So this is not going to happen anymore in the future. That might be a, lo- a longer description of what is data observability to start. <laughs> so it's a good uh, way to put it initially for everyone to understand, right? So you're monitoring the health and the state of your data system. That goes into how do you monitor, you identify, you troubleshoot, you resolve from one platform, right? So I, well, no, sorry, not for one platform, but that's those are the tasks that are involved in data observability. So clearly, when we speak about data observability, the main, let's say, person who is going to work on this topic are going to be a data engineer. And this is a person responsible for moving the data from the source to the data warehouse or the data lake and to transform this data and to output that as data products analytics, dashboards, ML, AI, etc. And one thing that happened for those data engineers, apparently some surveys are highlighting that, is they can spend up to 50% of their time <laughs> maintaining and fixing those pipelines, wow. which is, uh, I remember the episode of when we introduced like, what is data engineering? You say like, you met some data engineers and they're really striving to make pipelines elegant. And this yep. is like really like, what is keeping them up at night maybe <laughs> in this case? From discussing with Denise and discussing with all other data engineers, like ideally for them will be to basically know when there is a problem in their data pipeline before any end user reach out to them. Because that's fundamentally that means there is a problem of trust if it's a user coming to you and saying like the data is not correct. You're breaking already the trust and that's the entire idea of data observability tools where um, SLA is pretty important uh, from this point of view here. Now that you mentioned uh, SLAs, I started working in a mining company back in 2007. But I remember that when I moved into the data space there in, the, in that company, the number one KPI mm-hmm. 
for that company that extracts silver, you know, and other minerals, yep. is the downtime of the equipment. And that was because I was working mostly on manufacturing, let's say, use cases. As you can imagine, the machine not being able to extract gold, this is the very first thing that we need to understand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, why course, is there yeah. a downtime? Now that you touch on SLAs, there is a big KPI now, which is data downtime, which is how much my data engineers are spending debugging, tracing, maintaining a problem with the data quality. And I think that this is something that companies are now tracking, right? As a KPI, what is my data downtime? Mm -hmm. That's now completely tied to productivity as well. And actually, I found like some blog posts where they give formulas helping data leaders to estimate what will be the downtime on the organization, which is a great way to at least start if you don't have any metrics tracking this kind of area where you want at least to have an idea what is your current data downtime and all you can improve on, on that and create an SLA with your organization around that. From this point of view, then, it's really important yeah. to mention that data observability is not data quality. Yeah. So what you will define as data quality in, in your case? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, well, my view on this is that data quality co- covers more the, the areas of uniqueness Validity, like this can be part of a business rule, such as a postcode is a correct postcode or my sales are greater than zero. The completeness as well, I think it's important that maybe I'm not talking about, am I missing data here, uh, like records, but the data within my attributes are actually coming into it. That's something that I would mention there. Yeah, qualitative and quantitative all about the actual data that we might have, which differs a lot about data observability, right? I mean, data observability, since the idea is to monitor an entire pipeline, we look at different aspects. So some companies like give five pillars, for example, for this one. So you have the aspect of freshness of your data, which is basically the cadence at which your tables are being updated. It's quite important, obviously, you want to have like a constant flow of your data coming in. Yeah. The quality, which kind of overlay, obviously, here with data quality overall. Uh, so I guess is data quality will be uh, put inside this kind of quality step or quality pillar of the data observability, as you describe, like uniqueness, completeness of your data, et cetera, et cetera. Volume of your data, simple idea, which is like if you tend to have like, for example, 100,000 rows per day, uh, being loaded in one table and suddenly you end up having like triple of this volume. Maybe it's a good thing, but maybe it's a bad thing. So <laughs> that's why you need to to monitor that. You need to have like a data observability step on, on yeah. that. Schema, this is such a common theme. Obviously, a team is deciding to change uh, the schema, adding a column, removing a column on a production environment and doesn't communicate with a different team and boom everything is breaking down (laughs) down the line (laughs) so you need to be informed and you need to monitor that and when i say everything breaks down down the line which introduces the very last pillar or stage which is lineage you want to have understanding on when something breaks uh, you want to understand where is it going to break uh, down the line and which teams are going to, to be impacted, which individuals and where you need to to look to make some corrections, maybe. I think this is a great way to see, for example, the differences between the two of them, right? So data quality, you really are not thinking about the schema there, right? You're thinking about, about the accuracy, more about the consistency of, of my data. Mm-hmm. 
but you're really not looking there at, um, as you mentioned there, right? So someone makes a change on the data type of a table column. And that is when data observability, I think it's a broader view of all of your data, right? So, so what I can see now is more like a data quality plus plus or, <laughs> or like an extra, uh, the, the extra mile, you know, at looking at your data. Again, I don't want to sound negative here, but I, a lot of this comes from... Go, be the devil's advocates. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this is data management, right? It's, it's more okay, a combination of that yeah. data management and data quality. I'm just going to say here because you touch on lineage, right? Every time I hear mm-hmm. lineage, I associate this to a catalog. Call it yeah. Alation, Calibra, yeah. any, you know, any other vendor or, or cloud provider will give you a data catalog that will have lineage, right? And but then when you go into data quality, then you might think of a different type of product, right? And then if you think mm-hmm. about, you know, alerting or freshness then and monitoring, then this is kind of a different solution. So I, I like how data observability is now kind of encompassing all of them and telling you in a concept, this is what, what you do with your data pipelines or this is how you monitor your data. Yeah, that's interesting because that reminds me what Denise was saying, like in the security aspects of data. And that really, again, we're putting data engineers such huge responsibilities here because they're becoming more and more responsible of the SLA of their data. So data observability, there is the management aspect overall, and there is obviously the security aspect. I think in organization, it tend to have been isolated and potentially they were asked to just deliver some data without having to touch on the security and touch on the effectiveness of their data. Is, was it producing business value or not for the organization or not? And this is yep. becoming yep. like so more important at the moment as I, I'm feeling all the features are evolving in the different tools in the market here. You touched on something that is key here. That is data is much bigger than before. And the amount of information that we're collecting nowadays, it actually mm-hmm. now requires for these standards to become... exactly more uh, ubiquitous just to close back my data management kind of hat maybe back then you didn't need this sort of uh, you know principles on your data but now with the, the way that data has evolved and how we collect this um, massive amount of information this is uh, you know on the, on the latest uh, service that, that we see for it uh, with data leaders um, at the moment the data management or the control of your data reliability lineage is top of mind for data leaders quick one If you are enjoying this episode and our show, please make sure you follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Links are in the description as per usual. Also, if you'd like to grow this community with us, think about sharing this episode with a friend or a colleague interested about all things data. Now, back to the episode. I guess we can actually mark going to what are the common features of a given data observability tool. Yeah, yeah, of course. First one is some kind of like a way to obviously track events happening in your data pipeline. So this is pretty much like looking at the logs being extracted that basically all the information is surfaced through the this old data observability tool. Obviously, you have a monitoring center place, a kind of a dashboard, let's say, to have an, an overview of what's happening in your pipelines that you're tracking, alerting. So you want to be proactively alerted. Most of the tools are going to push some notification into PagerDuty, into Slack, and, and so on to for you to be informed about what's happening. And you will have like this flexibility of saying what is important, what is not important. And even better, now those tools are actually 
using machine learning, giving you yep. kind of grading those different errors based on what is actual impact. So it can help you to create this kind of monitoring scale uh, and what is important and yep. what is not too important here. I think this is a foundational feature, right? I mean, you need to yeah. understand what happened the monitoring. Obviously, once you have an error, like uh, being surfaced by the tool, you want to be able to analyze that and go deeper. So you have a kind of way to troubleshoot, to go deeper and see the different steps to be able to identify where the, is the issue actually and helping you basically to solve it. Um, so it can be like upstream, downstream. It can be uh, due to a change in the API. It can be due to so many different aspects and a good uh, observability tool will help you actually to surface all those logs, all those information to be able to do this analysis correctly. I think that's the best way, fair, fair way to describe that. <laughs> Some people might think, well, duh, at the moment I can actually um, monitor whether my pipeline is, is running or not, right? So that, that's one thing. But if we go back to, to these data observability principles that you mentioned, it's also the data quality monitoring, the freshness, the volume, which is, goes beyond and this analysis that you can do. It's not only whether mm -hmm. my pipeline run or not. It's like mm -hmm. I found some changes on the schema. Yeah. I found less data that I was expecting or that I would expect, you know. Uh -huh. So for that one, I will put it as kind of like this compare feature. So you will be able to track over time and compare against the standard or against nice. the average or like some standard deviation that you might have to set on, on this one. But that's definitely, as you say, yeah, what is expected and is it changing from that? And you have some tools we will be providing some kind of standard monitoring and tracking of common event types. So number of rows added could be percentage of nulls in the column, for example. But you want to be able to add your specific I don't want to say metrics, but specific rules to identify when something goes wrong, uh, because it could be very tailored and specific to your business needs here. Interesting. But this is what, like uh, alerting as well? Well, okay. I was thinking about alerting specifically on surfacing errors that basically your pipeline is not running okay. or your pipeline start to a, to a point and is blocked to a certain point or potentially when it's taking way longer than expected and this kind of tracking will be more like for yeah. specific business rules, I, I would say. I see. But you want some flexibility. Exactly. I mean, so far, yeah, I can see that how this act is really useful, not only to track, but to also have some mm -hmm. sort of uh, incident management. Correct, yeah. To me, right now, when I look at these features or what encompasses a, a product that delivers data observability, it sounds like a combination of multiple products that I would use for each of the use cases. So, for example, login and monitoring of my logs, of my pipelines. Have, we have the data dogs, the splunks, you know, so, or, or the default login from the system that you're running your data pipelines from. At the same time, I, if you talk about alerting, incident management, tracking of events, I can think about an incident management mm -hmm. tool. <laughs> I'm not going to say the vendors here, yeah. but then you have it as part of your solution. And the interesting thing here is the end-to-end -end lineage of your DAGs, right? Your data cyclic graphs. So if you have everything in one-stop shop, Correct. this yeah. is top of mind. And data observability, it, it's, it's a trend so far. My experience, I think that there might be very few cases from companies really implementing this, right? But I think as we go or as we progress during 2023, we will see this space growing and growing because of 
the pain point that is solving is mm-hmm. really common and it's really a big one that is tied to productivity. There is a, a real impact. And when you say like use cases, I guess a good angle for organization to start on this one, in my point of view, is when they actually providing data to their own clients, so B2B or B2C, where they have potentially service level agreement with those clients and where they are contractually obliged to basically provide this kind of data. Where here is like, in my point of view, when you say like money aspect, this is the perfect starting use case for an organization to have that. Not all organizations yeah. use resell data or share data externally. So they might come down the line or hopefully they're aware of like this uh, actual financial impact that uh, could have data observability on the benefits of data observability in terms of financial impact for the organization. Because we we were speaking earlier, like up to 50% of the time of data engineers spend on troubleshooting problem with data pipeline. This is painful and this is money. (laughs) When those data engineers could uh, build all the data pipeline, could generate more value in other means, uh, definitely. Definitely. I guess for everyone listening out there, a good takeaway from this episode is that data observability is a trend, yes, but it's something that is worth um, exploring for an organization as, as that value generating area. And last but not least, where can people get started with this? Yeah, so to get started, there there is a few books we've been released. Uh, I think it's many around 2022 and maybe 2021 as well, uh, that you can potentially link here. Uh, I found like very uh, interesting blog posts where it's also kind of more exploratory from those writers who give their point of view on data observability. I think as a next step for people is if they're not sure about the value of data observability for their organization will be to try to measure what is the data downtime for the organization. So you can find some kind of formulas online. It's basically number of tables and time to identify and the time that the pipeline was done. And that gives you some kind of uh, measures. Some organizations have been like putting actual dollars numbers and saying, this is what we actually lost or missed opportunities because we had some data quality issues or the data was not fresh or not available on time, etc. So that will be a good way to start in my point of view, because it can give you an idea of, yes, this could be an urgent, <laughs> basically, <laughs> area to explore and product to test, maybe on a very small subset first of the data pipeline. Yeah, but uh, that could be critical in some cases. I don't know if you have a, another idea of like what could be next step, good next step for our audience. Um, no, I, I think <laughs> that's, I, I, uh, because I cannot say that without actually asking people to yeah. it. You put it very well. I wouldn't change that. We are going to share the links on the description of the episodes. I guess trying to understand how much of a priority this is, it's, it's the best first step. And with that, yes, this was a fantastic episode again. Thanks, Christian. Hopefully we helped you to demystify what is Uh, this new category uh, in a data space. Agree. This was really good. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram. See you next Tuesday. And until then, keep your data caffeinated.